So we're going to go ahead and look at Matthew chapter 1 today. Matthew chapter 1, um, starting in verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. And here it is. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth, uh, she will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we are gathered here in your presence um, to hear your word, Lord God, to hear you speak to us uh, by the power of your spirit, Lord, and pray that that's what you would uh, do now. You would do uh, what only you can do, and that is to open our hearts and our eyes to see how beautiful the gospel really is. I pray that you would do it now, in Christ's name, amen. So, uh, we are today finishing up our uh, Advent series, and, and the word Advent very simply just means arrival. And uh, in Advent season during the life of the church, we're celebrating the arrival of Jesus. Not only that, but his second coming. Uh, the fact that Jesus uh, promised that he was going to return again one day. So uh, we've been looking at the first chapter uh, of the book of Matthew uh, in order to do that. And this, uh, what we just read is Matthew's introduction to the life of Jesus. He's introducing us to this person, um, Jesus. So it begins with this uh, family tree. And we looked at that for three weeks. Three weeks we looked at that family tree, right? Y'all thought it was never going to end, but it ended, right? Yeah, the family tree. And uh, what we've seen so far is that what we've been focusing on is this, God's faithfulness through the generations. That God is faithful throughout the generations to his promises and we see that specifically in the birth of Jesus and that's what we've been focused on now I gotta be honest for a second um, I have been a little bit annoying this Christmas season right and I apologize I apologize right? I haven't been annoying to you guys but mainly at work I work for the county and I work in uh, substance abuse treatment and um, you know uh, what I've been doing is uh, whenever someone's whining or you know they're boohooing and it's being Debbie Downer I'll say but this is the season of perpetual hope, and it's really annoying. All right, it's really annoying, but it's, it's actually a line from the movie Home Alone. That, that's one of the Christmas movies that we watch. You know, Kevin's mom, when she's trying to get back home to Kevin, she's really frustrated. She's in the airport. She's like, this is the season of perpetual hope. All right, she just gets all frustrated, all right? But that's where I'm getting that from. But it really is the season of perpetual hope. Christmas is the season of perpetual hope. You might be sitting here this morning and be like, why are we still singing these songs? Why are we still talking about Christmas? Well, let me explain to you why. Um, C.S. Lewis, 
um, wrote the books The Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, and in them, he, he uh, describes the fictional world of, of Narnia, and there's this white witch, and she's ruling and reigning over Narnia, and she's miserable, she's horrible, makes everybody's life um, awful. And these kids, this family of kids, are transported to Narnia, and they're introduced to Mr. Tumnus. Mr. Tumnus was half deer, half man. And this is what he uh, says. He's talking to them about Narnia, all right, the kids. And this is what he says. It is winter in Narnia and has been forever so long. Always winter, but never Christmas. See that? This is C.S. Lewis. Uh, he's saying this is, this is the world of Narnia. It's always winter, but never Christmas. And his whole point is that without Jesus, all you got is this cold world. That's all you got. If Jesus didn't really come into the world, he wasn't really born, all you got is this cold world of suffering and misery and meaninglessness and no hope, right? But here's the good news. Jesus came. Jesus came into the world. So you know what that means? It's always Christmas. It's always Christmas for Christians. Yes, it is always Christmas. You know what that means? We always have a reason to celebrate. We're celebrating Christmas all year long, right? That's, that's what we're doing. Uh, what Christians celebrate during the Christmas season is what we always celebrate, and that is Jesus. That is what we celebrate always. Right? This is what Christians have always been celebrating. Um, it is, it is the, the doctrine, uh, central doctrine of our faith called the incarnation, right? And that, that, the Latin word just simply means in the flesh that God came to dwell with us in the flesh, in the person of Christ. And um, I'll give you an example that this is how something that Christians have, have always believed. Um, there's something called the Nicene Creed. And it was written in 325. So it was very early on uh, in the life of the church. And uh, it was basically a summary of the Bible's most important teachings, without which, if you don't have any of them, you don't have the Christian faith. And so I'm going to read to you a portion of that about Jesus, right? Here it is. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. That means he's the same as God. Born of the Father, before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. That means Jesus has the same nature, essence, as God the Father. Through him, that is Jesus, all things were made for us men and for our salvation. He came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate, enfleshed himself of the Virgin Mary and became man. All right, so what do, what do we celebrate during Christmas? We celebrate the fact that God became man. That's it. That's what, we, that's what we're celebrating. So, so here's, here's, here's what we're going to talk about this morning. Here's the big idea. God lives with us. That's what, that's what the, the birth of Jesus, the story of Jesus, is saying to us. God lives with us. Right? Uh, and, and this story is not hard to understand. Most of you already know it. All right? There was a couple, uh, Mary and Joseph. They were engaged to be married. And uh, they were excited about that. They were a young couple, excited about getting married, until Joseph found out uh, his lady was pregnant. That's a problem. Right, because uh, he hadn't been with her. He kept his hands off of her, as, as, uh, as a good man should, until, until you get married. Keep your hands off your lady and, until you get married. Um, and uh, so he was going to divorce her. He was going to cut it off, basically. Uh, in a Jewish culture, that would have involved a divorce. Um, but 
He had a dream. Angel came to him in a dream, said, don't do that because the child uh, is going to be special and he's going to be the Messiah and going to save his people uh, from their sins. Now, uh, the birth of Jesus did not happen randomly. That's what we've been looking at for this past month. Jesus didn't just show up, bam, one day to show up, right? No, uh, this, is, this, is the, this is a part of a project that God has been working on for thousands of years. The culmination. I'll show you. Look at Matthew chapter 1, uh, verse 22. Check this out. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. you see that? This is the fulfillment of something that God spoke through the prophet. See, he quotes Isaiah right here. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son. They will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So Matthew is, is writing this. Matthew was a disciple of Jesus, walked with him, talked with him, ate with him, camped out with Jesus for three years. And he says all this that is happening with Jesus is the fulfillment of what the prophet spoke long ago. And then he quotes from the prophet of uh, the book of Isaiah, right? I remember um, uh, going to visit my grandmother in Charleston, West Virginia. This is this uh, a while ago. And I hadn't been to see her in a long time. I was in college. And I went to uh, see uh, my grandmother. I walked into her apartment building, and the smell from the wood in, on the banister. I don't know if it was the wood or if it was the like polyurethane, but it was a certain smell. And as soon as I smelt that, my, my childhood memories came back to me of, of coming to this apartment and, and, and seeing my grandmother, right? So what uh, Isaiah uh, is, is doing here is, um, is this promise that he is, is quoting here is the smell of something that humanity has long forgotten. And what that is, is that God created this entire world to live with us. That is what Isaiah is talking about here. And God didn't create this world to live with us because he was emotionally needy. Uh, No, God created the world to give to us out of his abundance, to give to us himself. And uh, not only that, uh, everything else. I think think that a lot of times Christians, we're ignorant of this. God created this world. God created the physical world that you live in. Mangoes, cedar trees, bluebirds, uh, plants, animals. God created marriage. I'm going to keep it PG, but God created intimacy within marriage. That was God's idea. God did that. I love, I love telling people that when they have questions about that type of stuff. That was God's idea. What kind of being is that? that would give us these types of gifts, these wonderful, these overflowing, abundant gifts uh, to, uh, to us. Do, does anybody here, uh, do you hate getting gifts? Like during Christmas time, someone give you a gift, and you're like, get that out of here. I mean, get that gift out of here. I don't want that. Right? No, no one is like that. Everyone loves receiving gifts. Right? And, and every good gift that we have comes down from God. Uh, all, all of it, all of them. Right, but something, the, the scriptures tell us that something tragic happened in the very beginning, and this is why we can't remember. This is why we can't remember that scent of what Isaiah is talking about, uh, of, of what, uh, what God uh, did in the very beginning. And here's the tragedy. We choose his gifts over the giver. We do. Have you ever had that happen to you? Someone, 
You felt like someone was trying to get something from you rather than just treating you like a human being. That's not a comfortable uh, feeling. It's disrespectful. Um, it's, uh, this is what humanity has been doing from the very beginning. This is the tragic history of our world. I'll show you Romans chapter 1. Paul's talking here about our need for Jesus, and this is what he said. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie, all of humanity, and worshiped and served that what has been created instead of the Creator who is praised forever. Right? And, and if you have ever been used before, you've ever been hurt or disrespected, someone's did na something nasty to you, it creates a barrier between you and that person. It just does. That, 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 uh, that's true. And this is, what happened, uh, this is what happens because of our sin. When we choose the gifts, God's gifts, above, above the giver, a barrier goes up. It's a barrier that we create, right? Because God wants to give himself to us. So we have a children's space behind this wall. Uh, we have two rooms back there. One of them is almost done. The other, um, don't go back there. All right, don't go back there. Uh, but we have a, 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 we put a plastic sheet up there as a barrier to keep some of the draft, the cold air, uh, out so the kids can uh, stay warm. And that's the same thing that happens uh, with our sin, right? When we choose God's gifts, the barrier goes up and uh, prevents us from having that relationship, prevents God uh, dwelling uh, amongst us. I'll show you this. Isaiah the prophet again, Isaiah 59, uh, verse 1, here it is. And this is from the message translation. There's nothing wrong with God. The wrong uh, is in you. Your wrong-headed lives have caused a split between you and God. Your sins got between you so he doesn't hear. All right, but here's the good news. From the very beginning, God has been working to set this situation straight. All right, this is, what, uh, this is what he's been promising from the very beginning. God has had a project that he's been working on, something that he's been building up to, and that is to live amongst us, to dwell in the midst of, of his people. It's the whole history of the Bible is this. From the very beginning, in the garden, God was walking and talking with humanity. All right, then you fast forward to when uh, God rescued Israel out of slavery in Egypt and he had them construct this tent, this tabernacle. And he said, listen, I am going to, I am going to dwell amongst you in, in, this, in this tent. And then uh, David and Solomon built a temple in Jerusalem. God says, I'm going to reign in your midst from, from Jerusalem. And then it gets even greater, even up to this point where the angel is speaking with uh, Mary uh, and, and Joseph here. God is showing us his gracious plan uh, to live with us. We, uh, we got a new uh, wood furnace at the beginning of uh, last year in, in February because our previous one I had already replaced once because the welds uh, on the firebox um, failed. They, they broke. Smoke was coming in my house and everything. I had to do something about it. So I was doing some research, found this uh, wood furnace, and... Um, called the company up, and their promise was it won't create any creosote whatsoever. So uh, I got it, put it in, went to check the chimney after using it uh, a little bit last year. Lo and behold, no creosote. They kept their promise, right? Don't you love that? Don't you love it? I don't care if it's, a, if it's an inexpensive product or expensive product, like Dawn Dish Liquid. It works. Right, it works on all kinds of stuff. I don't care. I love it when something, a product, makes it for a company, makes a promise, and it actually works. Same is true with God. God does not lie. God keeps his promise, and here, here's, here's his promise. 
This is what we got in this passage. The virgin Mary, this is 700 years before it ever happened, will become pregnant and give birth to a son. That's Jesus. And they will name him Emmanuel, which is a title, which is translated God with us. You see, and this is what happened. God sent his son Jesus uh, to be with us, to save us from ourselves, and that's what happened. That's what happened uh, in history. That's what Matthew is saying. God is with us, and that's Jesus. He lived, had a three-year ministry, died on the cross for our sins, was buried uh, in a tomb, rose from the dead three days later, ascended into heaven, and he will return again one day, and he will finish what he started in Bethlehem. God came down to be with us, and that is who Jesus is. You know, that's what Jesus claimed to be. Jesus claimed to be God. People bowed at his feet and worshipped him as, as, as God. You know what? You know what? He, he never said, stop that. He accepted it. You know, I have people come to me all the time saying, you know, Jesus never claimed to be God. And when they say things like that, um, my head just wants to just explode because it's just so utter nonsense to me and, and juvenile. But uh, he said it in a ton of different ways. Right? And even his own enemies knew that. They knew what he was saying. That's why they killed the man. That's what the scriptures say. They were seeking to kill him because he was making himself equal to God. Right? Um, it's right here in this passage. It's right here in this passage. The angel said to, to Joseph, name the man God with us. And you know what? Matthew is saying, that's a good thing. And Jesus never said, you know what? What the angel said... <laughs> He got it wrong. I'm just a man. I'm just a, a human. I'm just a teacher. Right? He never said that. Uh, so here's what that means. When it comes to Jesus, you really only got three options. That's what C.S. Lewis said in his book, uh, Mere Christianity. Here's what he said. Either this man was and is the son of God or else he's a madman because he's saying he's God. Only crazy people say that they're God or Jesus. Something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come away with any patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. You can't do that. See, Jesus, you can't say Jesus is just a good guy. You can't say he was just a good teacher. You can't say he was just inspirational because he claimed to be God. And Lewis's point is he either was or he, he was a lunatic or he was a liar trying to, uh, you know, just pull one over on people, get their money or something. I don't know. He hadn't left this open to us. He did not intend to. Now it seems to me obvious that he was neither a lunatic nor a fiend, that is a liar, and consequently, however strange or terrifying, unlikely it may seem, I have to accept the view that he was and is God. Do um, you guys know about uh, good old Saint Nick? I'm not talking about Santa Claus. I'm talking about the real guy, St. Nicholas. He was a real guy. Uh, and he was born in the 3rd century, uh, and he was super generous. Uh, he got an inheritance and um, used that to love and serve his community and bless the kids. He would fill um, socks up with all kinds of presents and, and gifts for kids and would go out just spreading the, uh, the love of Christ. Now, that's true, but 
I don't know if this is true or not. Uh, legend has it, was, for illustrative uh, purposes here, legend has it that he was actually at the Council of Nicaea in 325 where they developed that, um, the Nicaean Creed. And uh, uh, there was 300 plus pastors there from all around the world. And uh, they were debating whether Jesus was God or not. That was one of the big debates. And there was a very popular pastor there named Arius. You probably could have saw him on TV preaching and stuff. You know, uh, Arius. And he taught that there was a time when Jesus was not. Meaning, he was a created being and not God. So, if you wanted to get on St. Nick's naughty list, all you had to do was teach some um, heresy like that. So that's what St. Uh, Arius was doing. He was teaching and preaching at the council about how Jesus was not God. And he went on and on and on. And the, and the longer he went, the more fired up St. Nick got. So eventually, he got up, went across the room, and papped Arius across the head. All right? Now, it's a legend. Hopefully, it's not true, right? Uh, uh, pastors should not pat people across the head, right? They shouldn't do that. Um, but we ought to be as passionate as that. We ought to be passionate about the fact that Jesus Christ is God with us. Yes, we should. And we should never get over it. Right? We should never get over Christmas, not even the week after. No, we shouldn't because it's always Christmas. It's always Christmas for Christians. All right, here, here's what we want to end on this. Don't ever get over it. Don't ever get over it. I believe we got that. Yeah, there it is. Exclamation point. Uh, so here's what I'm saying. Christianity is not some tradition. It's just not something that we just do on, at Christmas time. We go to church on Christmas time because we're supposed to, uh, because we're religious, and, and we, this is what, how we were raised. This is what our family did, and this is our tradition. This is not some ceremony. Candles, poinsettias, songs, bells, whatever it is, lights. This is not a ceremony, right? This is not some dead religion. We're not talking about some fairy tales and some myths and some legends and some things that were traditional and conservative or whatever, or bygone. We are talking about how the fact that on a certain day, if you would have been there, you would have saw him. You could have touched him and heard the baby cry, and he was the Christ Emmanuel, God with us. Yes, don't ever get over it. God came down to be with us, and his name is Jesus. Don't get over it because it means peace. Baby, you give me a little bit of uh, grape juice. Sorry, I'm a diabetic. My blood sugar is getting low. But I'm not just uh, getting excited because my blood sugar is low either. I'm getting excited because we ought not never get over it. It means peace. Look at it there in Matthew uh, 121. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus came to save us from our sins. And that means peace. Isn't that what we all want? Don't you want peace? Isn't what that's what the world is, is clawing for and, and searching for? Uh, it's peace. That's what we all want. All right, people pay top dollar for peace. I work with people uh, struggling with uh, drugs and alcohol. And drugs and alcohol make big promises, big talk. They say, listen, if you use me, you drink me, 
you will have peace. But it is a lie. It is a lie. Jesus came to save us from our sins. What is sin? What is sin? Here's what it is. Trying to find your ultimate peace in God's gifts. That's peace. It doesn't mean that a beautiful snowy day can't be peaceful. It just means when you take that snowy day and you put it above the throne of God and you try to suck all the peace uh, out of it that you can. And let me just say, it, 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 and that's using God. If someone uses you, you know what? That's deeply offensive and that hurts. And when we do that to God, it's deeply offensive. Uh, to him, it's, it's, it's horrific. And listen, there is no peace unless God is with us. There is no peace unless God is with us. But see, that is what happened. God came to live with us in Jesus. And listen, here's what Jesus came to save you from. Jesus came to save each and every one of you from running after his gifts instead of him because he loves you. He wants you to have real peace. This is what the angels proclaimed to the shepherds. They were out there minding their business, you know, protecting the sheep, just doing their job, and all of a sudden, surprise. I got a surprise for you shepherds. Listen to what it says in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. Check it out. Peace on earth to people he favors. So Jesus came to save us from our sins, and here's what that means. At the cross, with Jesus' blood shed on the cross for our sins, God ended the feud that we had with him. That's what it means. God sent Jesus to reconcile us um, with himself. See, we wanted his stuff so much, his gifts, right, that we became jealous and envious, and we just clutch after so, so much so that it, it, it produces a hatred towards God, an enmity between uh, God and man. But Jesus died to restore our broken relationship. That's why he came. And this isn't some little piece. This isn't like a little inner, inner tickling uh, little piece. No. When the Bible talks about peace, it means he is setting right everything that is wrong. Everything in the world that is wrong, God is making right in Jesus. And that starts where it all went wrong. And that is us. That's where everything went wrong. Mankind said, I want your stuff rather than you. That's where it all went wrong. So Jesus came to restore our relationship with God. That's why he died on the cross. And he offers that peace to us. That's what the angels were doing. Peace on earth. If you want it, let me ask you a question. Do you know you have peace with God? Do you have peace with God here today? Because you can. All you have to do. Listen, God made a promise to you. Jesus is God with us, and he came to save his people from their sins. He did that. He died, buried, he's resurrected, and he said, all who receive Jesus will have peace. Their relationship with me will be restored. All you got to do is receive it like a Christmas gift. Why not? Why would you not? This is the most important thing in, in the whole world is to have peace with God. This is why you're here is for God uh, to have a relationship with God. Right? He's reaching out to you right now. He's calling out to you right now. Receive me. Will you do it, Christian? Are you at peace here today? Are you at peace? You who 
uh, claim to believe in Jesus. And maybe you say, Ricky, I don't feel at peace. Well, don't ever get over it. Don't ever get over the Christmas message then. Right? Don't ever get over, over the, uh, the Christmas message. That is the message. Peace on earth. That is the Christmas message because of Jesus. And you know what? That is true despite how you feel. Matter of fact, before you ever existed, a long time ago, 2,000 years ago, God sent Jesus to reconcile humanity to himself. You weren't even, you weren't even born yet. You weren't, it was a long time before you came along. That happened a long time ago. All you got to do is, is just bank on what happened a long time ago and just say, that's all mine. That's all mine. Just take advantage of it. You, if you're a Christian, you have peace with God. You just need to claim it as your own. It also means that Jesus came to end the feuds that we have with each other. You know, the longer that you live, the more scars that you get from other people. The more they hurt you. And they just accumulate lots of scars and you see, beat up. All right, but you know what? The more you give, too. Yeah, we were responsible, too, for giving, cutting people and giving them, giving them wounds. You know, but Jesus is able to heal relationships. Jesus can heal any relationship. Jesus can heal marriages. Families, friends, churches, communities. And here's, and here's why. If God sent Jesus to reconcile me with himself so that I'm a friend of God now, I have peace with God, I ought to make every effort to seek to be at peace with other people. As far as it's on my end, and as far as on your end, you ought to seek. They ought to be able to push away your, they ought to have to push away your loving hands. That's the way it ought to be. Peace on earth means one day Jesus is coming back. Absolutely, and amen. And on that day, everything is going to be set right. He will come again. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. No more death, no more sin, no more nightmare of this world. Hallelujah and amen. I pray he comes today and ends it today. This is what Christmas is all about. Come, Lord Jesus. We're praying for him to come. We want him to come. Don't you? Don't you want him to come? Don't give, ever get over it because it means hope. It means hope. And, you know, I've been annoying uh, this Christmas season, right, uh, by saying this is the season of perpetual hope because you know what? That's fun for me. That's fun messing with people. That's fun for me. You know what I mean? I get a kick out of it. I literally get paid to talk trash to people. That's what I do, right? And that's how I help them. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, but really, here's the main reason. It's a reminder to me. I need hope. I need hope. I think I would lose my mind if this wasn't true. I don't believe in Jesus because uh, um, for this, purely for the psychological benefit. I believe because it's true. He came. You cannot put him back in the grave. Right? But if that was not true, there would be no hope. That's what I'm saying. And you know what? People do lose their minds. Right? Because life is hard. Life is difficult. We're surrounded by pain. We look within our lives and we can't, we got certain struggles and hang-ups and addictions and sins and we're surrounded by, by death and um, suffering. I don't think I've ever needed Christmas more than this year. I've got so much benefit out of this season. So much hope and peace and joy. Here's a, here's a message I got from someone recently. I want to share this to you. 
Because people need hope. Here's, here's what someone texted me recently. Does it ever seem like you're here to be God's punching bag? Everyone tells me that he has a plan for me. What is it? To be tortured until I die? And this is someone who's suffering immensely. Immensely. He has never answered a prayer of mine. Do I not pray right? I'm sorry. I'm just so lost. All right, see, Jesus came to give us hope. Right, I, got a, I got a call uh, before work uh, this past week. I'm talking to this guy. He's a rough guy. This is a construction worker. Right, this isn't someone who's weak emotionally or anything like that. Call me up in tears. His mom is dying. His mom is dying. Right? And, and here's what I tell all these people. It's the same message. I was like, I don't, I don't know what else to tell you, but Jesus is my only hope. There is no other hope in the world. He came into the world to suffer with us and to suffer for us and to do something about it by rising from the dead, overcoming it all. Right? Let your hearts not be troubled. Because he's overcome the world. He's already overcome it, it all. And listen, this hope is a solid rock. This isn't flimsy. This isn't a shanty. This is never going to disappoint you. He's never going to give up on you or never leave you or not be with you. I had a, uh, one, of my, one of my best friends, is a, uh, he, he played in the NFL. Played in the NFL. I'm talking, this guy is a monster. He, there was, there, when he played in the NFL, there wasn't a single ounce of fat on his body. 230 pounds, 4340, he was a nightmare. All right? But he was like, he is like the nicest, gentlest, kindest, most loving, most patient person I probably know to this day. And I have tried to get him mad for 20 years. I've punched him in his chest. I punched him in his. I have tackled this man. I have talked so much trash to this guy. He's never once gotten mad, right? And I put my hands on this man. I'm out, you know, you couldn't hurt him. I could punch him as hard as I could in the chest. Nothing, right? He's just solid as a rock. Here's what I'm saying. Jesus is like that. You can grab a hold of him. He is solid as a rock. Right? He will, he will not, not uh, disappoint you. If you would have been there, you could have touched him. When he returns, you can touch him. He's real. He is resurrected. You know, the whole book of Matthew is about how God is with us. Here's how, book of Ma- Here's how the book of Matthew starts out. Name the man God with us what the angel said. Name the man God with us. And here's how the man ends the book. Matthew 28, literally the last words. Verse 20. Jesus, resurrected from the dead, I am with you always to the end of the age. See that? The beginning and the end. Two bookends. Matthew is saying, you want to know what it looks like for God to live with us? Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. He is uh, God with us to see Jesus rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and from there he gave us his spirit. And here's what that means. You're not an orphan. That means that he is with us even now. Matter of fact, matter of fact, uh, Jesus says the church is the temple of the living God. You might look around and say, well, this is Murphy Springs, West Virginia. We're just some simple folk. This is ordinary. Yeah, you are the temple of God. The Holy Spirit dwells amongst you or something special here, tangible. All right? He is with us now. Don't ever get over it because it means joy. You know, as you get older, it takes more and more to amaze you, doesn't it? It takes more and more to, like, get you excited or to impress you. Toddlers, during Christmas time, 
you just throw some wrapping paper out there and some boxes, and you don't need to get them anything. They're happy with the boxes. They don't, they don't know the difference, right? Just get them some boxes and stuff, you know? Um, but, you know, uh, all that stuff just means more work for us, doesn't it? Wrapping paper and boxes, you know? As you get older, you know, uh, life can lose its magic. It can lose its wonder, you know? Because if, if all it is is about stuff and experiences and gifts, that's really not that amazing. It's really not. I mean, what did you get in 2021? I know you don't remember. You don't remember. Christmas is God's wonderful surprise. How about that? Christmas is God's wonderful surprise. In a little town, just like ours, there was a little couple, Mary and Joseph, and Mary, the virgin, gave birth to Jesus, and he is God with us. He is God with us. And he came to save a people who know they need to be saved. All right, that's what he did. He came for people who are without joy. Is that you here this morning? He came for people who are without peace. Is that you? He came for people who struggle with hope. Christian, he came for you. You who are here who struggle to find peace in your life. You, Christian, who struggle to have hope in your life at times. You, Christian, who struggle to have joy uh, in your life sometimes. He came for you. I love this. Uh, I heard another pastor friend of mine uh, quote this uh, recently. St. Augustine in the the 4th century uh, said this. And all these titles are referring to Jesus. Man's maker was made man, that he, the ruler of the stars might nurse at his mother's breast, that the bread might hunger, that the fountain thirst, the light sleep, the way be tired on his journey, that the truth might be accused of false witness, that the teacher be beaten with whips, the foundation be suspended on wood, that the strength might grow weak, and that the healer might be wounded, and that the life might die. But here's the good news. He died for you. What a wonderful surprise. (laughs) Me. He loves me. He loves you. This is why he came uh, into the world. You know what you need to do? You need to open this gift up afresh here this morning. Every day you have a gift to open up. I mean, open it up. This is this gift of God's grace to us in Christ, the fact that God came to live, live with us. And we need to open it up in wonder, amazement, and awe, and joy, worship, celebration, praise right now. And this is what, this is what makes life magical. I don't mean like magic like that. I mean just wonderful. This is what fills life full of joy, knowing the fact that God is with us. There's someone else here. Right? Eggnog won't do it. Right? Even with the glugs in it. You know what I'm talking about? The glugs? Glug, 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 glug. Even if you spike it. Right? It's, it's, not, it's not strong enough. Uh, it's not good enough. Uh, only Jesus... Only God with us in Christ. So joy to the world. This is what we say. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let's receive him. Let's receive Jesus wholeheartedly, arms wide open. He's our king. We embrace him in submission and worship, faith and obedience. I love this. Let every heart prepare him room. You got any room for him? Is there any room For Jesus in your heart, open your heart wide open. Open your life wide open and give your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole mind, everything to him 
right? Let heaven, heaven and nature, and nature sing. One day, one day when he returns, everything's singing. Everything's singing. That is our hope. And that's what we want to respond to now.